Hey there, and welcome to the devotional. I'm Walter, the dyslexic bilingual hillbilly and pastor of the Rhine River Baptist Church. Today is Wednesday, September 27th, 2023, and today is our 216th devotional. And today we're looking at uh, an interesting character in the Bible that we find. Uh, she's the only one of her kind that you would find, it It appears to me, uh, Deborah or Deborah, uh, depending on where you put the syllable or the syllable. Uh, so um, she's the only judge, uh, lady judge, that we find in Judges. And uh, honestly, she's the only good uh, woman leader that I see in the Word of God, other than uh, there's one other that is in charge of a city, and she only speaks for a little bit to Joab. Uh, so um, it, this is kind of an oddity. And uh, so we'll just jump into this. We find it in Judges chapter 4, verses 1 through chapter 5, verse 31. Uh, we won't, obviously, we won't read the whole story. Uh, but we find a description of her in Judges chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. It says this, And Deborah, the prophetess, the wife of Lepideth, she judged Israel at that time, and she dwelt under the palm trees of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the Mount Ephraim, and the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Um, it's kind of interesting what we do find here about her and the whole story. Uh, the story is that, obviously, uh, Israel had done wickedly again after Ehud had died. Uh, they turned back to their wicked ways like they normally did, and God sold them into slavery or sold them into bondage, um, and the Canaanites were over them. They had uh, quite an army. They had uh, chariots of iron, the Bible says, 900 of them, and they oppressed the children of Israel greatly. And, and as we look at that and start thinking about them being oppressed, what do you do when you're oppressed? Well, you cry out, you want to change. And God brought this lady into the picture. Um, it's interesting that it calls her a prophetess. Uh, to begin with, uh, what does it mean to be a prophetess uh, or a prophet? Uh, well, a prophet was always uh, someone that we we think of this, that a prophet would foretell the future and tell somebody like a, a fortune teller, but that's not really what they were. Uh, a prophet, a prophetess, uh, God would call them in and use them to uh, give um his word to the people. And usually it would be something like this. If you will repent, this will happen. God will bless you and God will take care of you. If you do not repent, you will face judgment. And these are the things that will happen to you. And it appears that that is what she was doing. If you will repent, God can bless us. If we don't repent, God will not bless us. Uh, but it also says there that she was a wife um, and, and I find this interesting because uh, that put right in there with her description. She was a prophetess, but she was a wife, and she dwelt under the palm trees of Deborah. Uh, her area was very famous. Uh, it was 
quite well known then because it was in between two cities. It appears that maybe there was a, a path or a road that went through there, but she stayed there. People came to her. She didn't go out like you find with Samuel and some of the other judges. Uh, they would go from town to town judging the people. She didn't do that, it appears. She sat there. And people came to her. And, and if you know anything about, uh, if, if you're wise at all, uh, if you've watched wise women, uh, people come to them. They don't go out seeking um, to be heard. People call them. And yes, you will find some wise women that will travel to different places. But oftentimes um, it starts out by people just going to them because they have some wisdom there. I know of uh, a few in particular that um, people will go to them and ask them, can you please tell us, uh, you know, give us some advice here. And that's what it appears that Deborah was doing uh, at this time. She was first and foremost, um, she would just tell, this is what God's word says. And she was a wife and she dwelt at her home. Uh, but then it says she judged Israel. And the story is that, um, she had a word of, from the Lord that Israel was supposed to go into battle, that Barak was supposed to go to battle. And she called him to come up to her, and he does. And she gives him the word to take uh, 10,000 troops and go into the battle. And he says, if you'll come with us, I'll go. But if you don't, I won't. And she says, well, by all means, I'll go with you. But then the honor of the battle won't go to you. It'll go to a woman. And most people would think, well, it will go to her. But that's not how she was. It went to another woman, uh, the, the lady, um, Joel. Um, and, and she quite famously took uh, a nail from or a spike from the tent. And, and she took a hammer and uh, pierced this guy's head. Uh, uh, his name is... Uh, Sisera, the captain of the Canaanite army. And so as she brutally beheads him, you might say, um, you know, she won the battle because they were just fleeing away. Uh, Barak and his army were, were wiping out the army, but the leadership, which was what normally happened, the leadership would flee away and then they would round up another army and go back to battle later on. But uh, if you could get the leadership, then then that would stop the 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 conflict oftentimes. Uh, well, they had missed him and he ran to her tent and she is the one that wound up killing him. You can read it all in Judges chapter four. Um, the story is accounted in Judges chapter four there. But then in chapter five, you find the song that Deborah and Barak uh, uh, sang together. And when they sang it, um, you know, that's just a neat thing to see the praise that they had and, and how they worded it and how they just uplifted the word of the Lord and, and his uh, promises. And if we will follow him, this is what will happen. And so it, it's a neat thing to see there. But what can we learn from, from Deborah? Well, we can learn first off that God loves to use women in their role. Uh, he loves to use them. Uh, it, it's amazing when you look at the Bible and, and you hear people say, well, the Bible is a patriot, 
patriarchy. Uh, It's set up for men, by men, and and you might be right. Yes, um, men are the ones that are predominantly uh, mentioned, and the stories of men are the ones that are predominant in the Bible. But you find oftentimes these stories of women that they uh, appear and they're used of God, and he loves to use them. For instance, the first ones to see the risen Lord were women. Um, You have uh, in the genealogy of Christ, you have women. Uh, It it just on and on and on you find them. Uh, Who saved the nation of Israel when they were getting ready to be wiped out? It was a woman, Esther. So God loves to use women, and he will oftentimes use women when men do not do what they're supposed to do. Uh, He will allow women to step up. He doesn't want them to have to shoulder that responsibility. They have enough responsibility with raising children and caring for the house. That is such a responsibility, and it's so much work. And then for men to uh, negate their obligation and, and expect a woman to do that, uh, to lead people into battle, uh, that's kind of, uh, that's being a wimp. And, and we should all do the duties that God has called us to. And, uh, but here God uses uh, Deborah in, in a, a, an amazing role. And, and so some other things that I can see that we can learn from her. Um, a woman in her role is more influential than she is Uh, when she gets outside of her role. Here, Deborah, staying at home, she was in her role, and people started coming to her for judgment, uh, to hear the word of the Lord, to know what they were supposed to do. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may without the word be won by the conversation of the woman. And then it goes into, 1 Peter chapter 3 goes into how a woman is to, to win her husband. And it's not by nagging him and berating him. It's by having a, a quiet and a gentle spirit, an obedient spirit, uh, a submissive spirit. Um, it, it talks about um, working on the inner person, not the outer person. Uh, It says not with the plating of the hair or of jewelry or of apparel, but of the inner man that that is working there, that that will win your husband's heart faster than anything is that meek and quiet, gentle, obedient spirit, a thankful spirit. Um, It it just, it does a number on men. It's amazing to me how uh, we as men, we can be controlled very easily by a a quiet, gentle, um, influential wife. So um, wives don't ever think that being quiet, uh, being gentle uh, is not uh, useful. It's not influential. Um, Yes, there are men that will take advantage. And when you have a husband like that, uh, God will judge them and judge them harshly. So, but we need to remember what's the role that God has called each and every one of us to. As husbands, we are to love our wives as Christ loves the church. And wives, you're to submit 
as the churches to submit uh, to Christ. So um, we see that a woman in her role is very, very influential. And then uh, we see that two working together is so much better than just one working alone. Um, the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. It reminds me that Christ, he tells us to come unto him, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of you. Uh, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when we work together, uh, we can get a whole lot more done than if we're on our own and doing things on our own. So we see a lot from Deborah here, and I would encourage you, study her out, study out this this section, and look at the song that she sings. Um, it, it's just a neat a neat passage, and it's a neat story that we can see uh, showing that God can use anybody uh, in his service if they're willing to be used of him. So I hope that's an encouragement to you and a help to you today. And until the next time, auf Wiedersehen.